This is 94.1 FM 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and you're listening to the Rotary and Community Services radio show with Ian Salick. I'm very pleased this evening to welcome back to the program Charles Tran, who in this 2018-19 Rotary year is president of the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry. When I last spoke to Charles in November 2017, he was community service director for that club and his peers have now appointed him president. His appointment really demonstrates that Rotary can be well embraced by a younger generation and it also shows that Rotary is the province of diversity and especially with Charles, rearing enthusiasm. Besides all that, he is already one of the nicest leaders that the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry in the city of Burundara has been fortunate to have in the position. As I said at the start of the program, Charles Tran has been and is a great asset to the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry and in a relatively short number of years with the club has made his presence felt strongly through leading by example. Charles Tran, a very warm welcome to the 94.1 FM 3WBC microphone. Thanks very much, Ian. It's great to be back here after a couple of years. And it's always nice to see you, Charles. You're a fascinating person to talk to. Uh, This interview, Charles, uh, I know, as we've discussed, will focus on you growing up up in Australia with parents who fled Vietnam, which was a fascinating story of escape. And then what I'd like to do is chat to you about what you've done in Rotary and importantly, what your aims will be as president in this new Rotary, relatively new Rotary, 2018-2019 year. Now, Charles, we covered some of this when we last spoke uh, last November, Uh, but uh, just to remind listeners, where were you born? Uh, Well, I came from a, I was born in Australia. I come from a Vietnamese refugee family. Both my parents were from Vietnam, my dad was a um, was in the was in the army. My mother was at the time studying at university, studying to become a pharmacist. So life in Vietnam was wonderful. Unfortunately, the Vietnam War began, and of course, on my side, my family, we were having a lot of problems because after the war, we lost. After the Vietnam War, we actually lost. So therefore, there was no hope in Vietnam. Therefore, my parents decided to flee as refugees uh, to find a better place to live. At that point, my parents, especially my dad, he was thinking of going to Australia because he was working with the Australian soldiers that time because he he was in the Vietnam army and he was working alongside with the Australian soldiers. So therefore, I think you've heard like battles like Long Tan in the part. In Very the much so. So therefore, my dad knew a couple of um, Australian soldiers there. So it was a great communicate. He actually learned a lot of English then. So it was a great time when he was interacting, um, knew a bit of the Australian culture. So it was a really interesting thing that he, he sometimes talks about Australia all the time. So his focus when he was there, when, when they left Vietnam, he left with my mum and his brother to Australia. However, the journey to Australia wasn't that easy. Of course, we've heard a lot of, a lot of stories with refugees fleeing their homeland. It's always been a very tough and very dangerous. 
they were attacked by pirates about at least six, seven times, I think Dad mentioned when he keeps telling me his refugee stories. He was attacked. And then also they ended, ended at in Thailand, I think. So, so they were on a boat. They were on a boat. And while well, they were fleeing from Vietnam. And how many were on the boat approximately? Oh, it was a very small boat. My dad keeps telling me. Um, his stories are very interesting. I'll bet they are. Um, but yeah, it was a very small boat with at least 60 to 70 people on one small boat. And um, they were running low on fuel, on food, water. Uh, they were managed to see... Uh, they were saved at least one boat that was passing by, gave them enough food. But the most happiest thing was when they managed to land in Thailand, um, they were out of danger. That was the main thing. They stayed in Thailand for a year or two. At that time, we had they, they told me that they had there were consulates, um, immigration from all around the world, from America, from France, from Germany, and of course Australia. And they were talking to refugees. And consulates. they were talking to refugees. And my my dad had a close connection to Australia because of the war. The war, yeah. Because of the war, and because he had some past um, friends and all that in the Australian Army, the soldiers. So therefore, he said, I want to go to Australia. Wonderful stuff. And yeah. he was really excited the day that the Australian government granted him refugee status to immigrate to Australia as a refugee. So my parents and my uncle came to Australia in 1981. And in 1984, I was born. Well, that was a great day for Australia. So you were born in Australia, which is marvellous. And how large is your family? Are you the only child or do you have... Oh, unfor- un- unfortunately, I'm the only child. Um, my parents, look, the first thing when they came to Australia, my dad had a um, belief. He did not want to be a burden to, to the Australian society. So he took up the first job just doing groceries in the first couple of months when he came to Australia. Um, of course, by that, he was also further learning English, where also my mum was also And what do you English. mean doing groceries, Charles? What, what was it? How was he? Oh, at that time, I think you know those old stores, SSW, I think? Yes, back in very much so, on yes. Victoria Street, there yes. was those old um, grocery stores. Well, they're all gone now. Yes, um, very but, much so, yes. So he was there just um, learning to, well, stacking shelves, shelves stacking shelves and putting things in plastic bags. So, oh, not in plastic bags, or oh, now paper bags, I think. Yes, So yes. paper bags in those times. So, gosh, things have changed, and now we're getting rid of plastic bags. <laughs> Times have changed. Times have changed, yes. And, um, but overall, after a while, my parents, um, eventually, many of our relatives left Vietnam. So my parents left in 1979. Some of our relatives left uh, Vietnam in different parts of the month or different parts of the year. Of course, we didn't want to get caught by the communist regime. So many of my relatives from my mum's side end up in America. Uh, some end up in Germany. Some end up in France. And most end up in Australia, but we're all scattered. So some are in New South Wales and some in South Australia. Well, we're very lucky, Charles, to have you and your family here in Australia. So where did you go to school? Here? I went to school. Well, I was born in Melbourne, of course. But um, then after a while, we emigrated to, well, not emigrated, why am I talking like that? Uh, we moved to Geelong. So I did my primary school uh, education up there in Geelong for the first six years. And then I did a one, one or two, no, two years in, um, in high school in Geelong, which was Chanel College. Um, at that time, I was enjoying myself, 
it was great living in Geelong, actually barrack for Geelong at that time. Well, we won't go into that. <laughs> That's something we can skip in this interview. Um, yeah. So you were at Geelong, you did your secondary, some, some secondary education there. That's right. Or did you come to Melbourne and do more secondary education That's in right. So after 1998, the school closed down. And at that time, my relatives were saying, look, Charles needs to return back to Melbourne. Look, there's more opportunities in Melbourne. So I enrolled into Q High School in 1999. And ah. then from since then, I've been living in Burundara. So you were very much steeped in the city of Burundara. That's correct. So after a while, finished, um, went to Q High School for up to three years. And then luckily, I end up at Melbourne High School in my final year doing my VCE. So after completing my VCE, I wanted, uh, my favorite subject was mathematics and science. Public speaking and debating was also my strong forte in extracurriculum. I was um, debating, in, I was a debating captain at one point, and I enjoyed it. And I then ended up at Melbourne High, did my VCE, and then did a science degree at Monash University, followed by a diploma of education at Melbourne Uni. So what are your qualifications now? You're a Bachelor of... I have a Bachelor of Science, uh, so my major is Environmental Science and my minor is Biotechnology. Um, I love science very much, even since I was in primary school. I think it inspired me. And secondly, Mathematics, because I, I just enjoy numbers. I just not enjoying number crunching for some reason. Well, I know that's why you're working on increasing the size of the Rugby Club of Glen Ferry. Yep. But you met, mentioned the Bachelor of uh, Science and you met, mentioned the Diploma of Education. So yes. how did you put that to use? Oh, well, technically now, after graduating, um, since I graduated, I've been working in education for the last 11 years. So I've been a teacher. Well, I'm still a teacher. I'm also teaching martial arts if people uh, i'm a black belt third well about to be a third damn black belt yes i know fright it's, it's absolutely frightening and i've actually seen you uh break uh planks of wood which is quite uh, quite frightening so listeners out there of course uh, if charles asks you to be a member of the rotary club of Glen <laughs> ferry do not refuse him but i've seen your your uh tougher side charles and uh you are a little bit of a paradox because you're so studious and so uh, polite and gentlemanly. Oh, top. It's, a, it's a side of you that <laughs> was hard to imagine until you demonstrated to the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry that you've got a very tough side. Oh, tough in the outside, but soft in the inside. Yes. Well, well, you are. So where have you been teaching, Charles? So at the moment, I'm teaching at Westall Secondary College. This is my fifth year. Um, before that, I was teaching in the western side of Melbourne um, for a long time as well. And um, taking a couple of different jobs and admin in the, also in education, but I enjoyed it. But over most of my time, I've been teaching a lot and I enjoy it. And this year I'm teaching mathematics and science in middle school, so it's year nine and year 10. And I teach also the iCreate Martial Arts Program. Yes, you've been very innovative at the school with that. And uh, I've heard you speak previously that martial arts gives a discipline to young people. You're not doing it uh, so that they can go out and bully people, you're doing it so that they can be well disciplined in life and defend themselves if there is uh, the rare occurrence of trouble. But it is a discipline, isn't it, uh, it Taekwondo? Is, it's, it's a wonderful art, I have to say. Um, it's not just the physical side, it's the spiritual side. Also, the discipline. It actually trained a lot of our students at our school to become very disciplined in the classroom. It actually created their skills as a leader. Many of the students that I have in my class 
couple of years ago before the program actually started, many of the students were not confident. They had very low self-esteem. They felt like there was no purpose. They did, many of them were thinking of leaving school. However, since the iCreate program was created, we grew from five, five, 10 students in the first couple of weeks, and now we're on to at least 50 students. So we're growing exponentially. Many of the students are still in the program. Their results in all the other subjects has increased. They're more confident. And we had our first black belt graduate last term and she's in year 10. And she is actually wanting to now to become a dentist. So I'm very happy with the program. The program has opened a lot of doors, opened more doors to the kids and it gives them the more confidence for them to actually study and become a stronger person what in character. What a great breadth of education you've been innovative enough to offer down there. And I think that's a great uh, credit to you, Charles. Charles, what I'd like to do now is ask you about Rotary. What uh, motivated you to join Rotary in the first place? Well, I worked, uh, well, back at Melbourne High School, I did a lot of community work. Even when I was at Q High School, I did a unit on community service. I did one for a whole semester. I did community work at a local kindergarten in Q. Followed by that, I did some community work when I was at Melbourne High, but it was for the Red Cross. It then gave me that other side besides academic. I want to do something more to the community. So the last several years, even though I'm doing my daily job, I do do every now and then some community work if I can. And, but then there was no fulfillment. Yes, it was great that I actually did some, you know, collecting money and, you know, doing the, ca- doing the basic stuff, cleaning some local places for like a church or a temple or a school. But I didn't feel that sense of achievement, leadership. There was no responsibility. It's just you go there and you just do your job. And then I did some research. I then actually found Rotary um, on a website. I did some looks at Rotary. Yes, I do see Rotary everywhere. I saw the actual logo every time I drive to every country town, but I did not know what they actually do internally. So I did more research in it, and it was I, I was shocked by where the internet actually gave me. The websites actually gave me a lot of in-depth knowledge about what Rory does. It's not just a community organization. It's not just a volunteer organization. They, act, they actually are what I think now, that Rotarians are, ju- are not just volunteers. They are dream makers. They make dreams come true, especially like the polio program that I read. It is just like last like 10 years, 10, 15 years ago, Ian, is that right? Like I was shocked, like there was like hundreds of thousands of cases in around the world. And now Rotary has now managed to fight against polio. Now what? There's less than three, four, that's what the, up on the website they're saying, three or four more cases left around the world. That's amazing. Like. That is something that I want to be part of that program. And so I'll be part of that organization that we can actually change and improve the lives of individuals. And also, not just internationally, but locally in our community. Rotary has done that. And of course, this year's um, theme is Be the Inspiration. And Rotary, for so many people, and especially in your case, with the passionate way you talk about Rotary, has been an inspiration, which I think is really marvellous. Now... What Rotary Club are you in, again? I'm at the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry. And how long have you been a member? Oh, gosh, it feels like I just joined like yesterday, <laughs> but no. Like, um, I joined since I was 30, so therefore now I'm 
34. So it's four years. Four so, years. So I'm proud four years. And I since I joined, the club has opened up a lot of, it gives given me a lot of opportunities to learn, develop, not just a volunteer, but as a leader, as a manager. And the best thing is I develop a lot of good friends. That's uh, marvellous, Charles. How many people... Uh, um, Rotarians are there members in the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry? There's about roughly 45 members and we're still we're growing. We always love to have new members coming in. Um, most of the people that see Rotarians is a lot of elderly, retirees, doing barbecues. Um, not really. I've the more Once I've been in Rotary, I've been to visit many different clubs in Melbourne and I've seen the, the many different ages, experience, and amazingly, cultures as well. Well, I think that's really great because you are the antithesis of that. You are younger, you are from a different cultural background, and you really represent what Rotary is becoming and can further become as a more diverse organisation with a wide uh, diversity of skills and people involved in Rotary. Um, what was your first impression of the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry, Charles? Oh, two words, friendly and very welcoming. Uh, that's why I stay, I love it, I love the place. And you know, would that be the most impressive thing about it for you, I th about the club, or is it the work that they do? Well, it's technically the work, of course, but the first thing when I walked in the image, when I walked in, I felt that welcoming factor when it came. That's, and I think, that, that's the best thing about Glen, our, our club that makes us so special. Where, ev where everyone's very welcoming, close-knitted, we look after each other. The second thing is, of course, the projects. I was shocked at the number of projects that our, cl our club is doing, um, both internationally and also locally. So the number of projects was just astronomical. And the great thing is our club is also collaborating with other clubs as well. So it's also a great opportunity to visit other clubs and say, oh, so what are you guys doing? And then, oh, we can help as well. So Rotary actually opens a lot of doors, not just our club it's itself. So, yeah. Well, the cluster that the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry is in is very much Burundara mm. aligned, isn't it? I mean, there's the Rotary Club of Yarra Bend, the Rotary Club of Hawthorne, the Rotary Club of Kew, and the club that you're in, the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry, which is a very Burundara aligned cluster yes and of course we are three wbc people often ask me what that is it's three whitehorse burundara community radio three wbc so rotary is imbued uh, with the the burundara community uh when you join a rotary club you're given work to do so uh, i'm aware that you've had some very important roles before this year of your present uh, presidency what what did you do uh, as a, an important role in the past? Well after, well, after my first year, I was just um, just a basic volunteer working at the farmer's market. There's no such thing as a basic volunteer in Rotary. I know, a Rotarian. <laughs> a Rotarian working on the <laughs> farmer's market and also the bread run. So that was my first couple of months. And then all of a sudden, Richard Blakeman, past president Richard Blakeman, I should say, he, at that time, he was the director for community service. He asked, he asked, he, well, he approached me and says, Charles, I want you to be on the community service board. Right? And I was like, okay, I've only joined only a couple of months, but oh well, I'll give it a shot. So my first job for that year as in the community service board or committee uh, was the roster for the bread run. And it was 
the best thing I've ever done. I thought like, wow, I'm in charge of something. So I'm not just going around shaking cans or asking people for money. I'm actually planning and organizing and distributing like all the stuff, all the information to all the Rotarians in our club. You better tell us what the bread run actually does. Uh, so the bread run is every Thursday, our club goes down to Baker's Delight in Camberwell and we collect the leftover bread. Bread is still edible, of course. Very nice, very yummy. And I, I do encourage people to come down to Baker's Delight in Camberwell. Very nice bread. And um, any bread that's left over, we actually, instead of wasting and wasting the bread, and of course, like even we spoke to the, the actual store manager, because there are so many places out there, food is just being wasted, left on the street, thrown out for the garbage truck to collect. So we're thinking, like, let's make, let's make this as a community project. So therefore the bread was, is collected by us, and then we deliver it to the Salvation Army in Camberwell. And it's a great thing to, well, one of the actual days I actually went there, and you can see the number of people coming there. There's a lot of- That are dependent upon that. Yeah, there are very, yeah. there's a lot of people that are homeless. Um, also people who are technically um, homeless in different ways, not just because they have no financial reasons. Some of the domestic violence, some of them are just basically uh, all of a sudden rent is an issue in Burundara. The housing price has gone up. So therefore some people can't afford it. So therefore some people are taking alternative ways, sleeping in different, different places. The, the Salvation Army venue gives an opportunity for people to go there to seek hope, but also for us to give our service to help the community at least giving them some something to eat. And that was one of the best things ever. Well, bread for most of us is just a staple, but for them it's absolutely vital and they wouldn't get it otherwise. So that's the sort of thing that you mean mm. by doing something that's actually very important and making a contribution. Yeah. It's not just rattling a can. No. It's actually hands-on, uh, providing hands-on accessibility. And that's for, the thing. For bread, which you're right. So you were on the Community Services Committee. Correct. And then I, I'm aware that you were made Community Services Director. Yes, and then follow after that year, I was then promoted. <laughs> that is, I used to be as the program You got the tap on the shoulder. I got a tap on the shoulder. So I was then Community Service Director in the following next year, which was, um, it. well, that job, boy, I'll have to look back. It was stressful, but fun. And, well, and there were so many projects that year, we had to actually hit our targets. We had the bread run, of course. We had the Parkinson's walk. We had a barbecue to, uh, to raise funds to help Australia, um, Australian Rotary Health. We had lift the uh, lift, lift the lid. Lift the lid. That's right. Gosh, lift the lid for men, a fight for mental illness. We had the garden fest, which we collaborated with Q Rotary Club of Q. We had Clean, Clean Up Australia Day. Where oh, another a very good example of hands-on work and a lot of hands-on work down so, to Patterson Reserve, actually cleaning up the place. Yes, it gets cleaner every year. I've got to say that. <laughs> it means that Rotarian. Returns are very good cleaners. <laughs> they are, but it, but once again, it's hands-on stuff. And that's the and thing. It's actually doing stuff. It's not, as you, I think, very clearly put it, it's not just rattling a can. Yeah. Uh, it's actually doing community work 
uh, be it helping, and I was talking to one of our Rotarians today, actually going and helping to clean up gardens mm. uh, with another one of the clubs in our, our area. There is hands-on projects to be involved with, and I think that's fantastic. Now, that's the local stuff, and I know when we come back, which I'd like to do in a moment after a little break, I'd like to come back and talk to you about the wider operation of your Rotary Club, uh, the Rotary Club uh, uh, that you are president of. Mm-hmm. I'd like to come back and talk about some of the other projects that they're involved with because it's not just local community, no. there are international projects. It's a very wide-based operation in Glen Ferry, isn't it? Yep, that's right. There's like our, many of our projects, not just locally, but also internationally as well. And the great thing is we're also collaborating with some of the other Rotary Clubs in our cluster. So that's something I'm looking forward to share with you. Thank you. This is 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and you're listening to the Rotary Radio Show. We're talking to Charles Tran, who is currently the president of the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry in this 2018-2019 Rotary year. Charles, for those of our listeners who are not yet Rotarians, what was involved in you becoming a Rotary Club president? Uh, but being the Rotary Club, of Pre- being the Rotary Club president, there was a lot of training. I gotta say, um, when I was given the president-elect position, I only had one year to pretty much learn everything what Rotary does. But I think through, I think the advantage was for me was when I joined Rotary, those last three years before becoming president, I did a lot of community work. I understand. understood what the club was doing what the organization was actually what is the goal the vision of the actual organization Um, so overall I did go to a couple of um, president-elect training sessions Um, it was a really informative session I did also go to the Rotary Leader Leadership Institute that is in Melbourne in uh, Port Melbourne spent two sessions there learning about the history of the organization learning to become good public speakers, that's one part of our training, also learning how to re-energize the club again. So that's what, sorry about that. Trying to re-energize the clubs and also giving the opportunity to learn about how the media media and the public relations side of it. It's done very professionally, I'm aware. Uh, You're not just thrown into the role, you're, you're inducted into the role certainly on one night, but there's a lot of preliminary work that goes into that Involvement. That is, yeah, that's that's true, and I think it's very professionally done. And a lot of companies could take a lesson from the way Rotary handles its training. I think it's very professionally done. Uh, Charles, we've talked uh, about uh, some of the local projects. You might like to continue telling us something more of those. But as we discussed a little earlier in this chat. Uh, Rotary Glen Ferry is also involved in international projects. Yes, um, some of our local, uh, some of our international projects that we have been working for a very long time is the Sumba Eye Project, which is conducted by Dr. Mark Ellis, wonderful Rotarian, very nice <laughs> Rotarian, I have to say, very supportive, and um, that's one. That's one of our majors. So technically. Many of our rotans every year, we go over to Sumba to support and help the local community in Sumba by supporting them, giving them operations and training uh, on helping them improve their eyesight. So Mark is an ophthalmologist and he goes over there 
of course voluntarily to help the local community in Sumba. Our second major project that is, well, hoping to get along underway is Dr. Chris Udy. She's an audiologist. Uh, she is planning to collaborate with Dr. Mark Ellis. That they will both working together to fly to Sumba. Mark will be doing checking and supporting, helping on the eyesight side. Side and Dr. Chris Udy will be working on the audio, the hearing side. Mark, uh, as an ophthalmic surgeon, is is just a wonderful operator, and I know he does cataract operations there. Uh, I think Mark's last uh, tally of operations there with uh, uh, with cataracts was something like ninety eight when he goes there with his yes. team, which is just a, a, a great effort. He's a he's a great uh, operator, Mark, and he does it voluntarily and he's been going there for years. What other international yeah. projects? The next project that we're currently working on as well is the Timor-Leste project, which is a big collaborating uh, project, not just uh, our club, but many of the clubs in the cluster and also beyond the cluster as well, even Melbourne, Chaston East, which is differently, out, which is outside of our cluster, but we are, it's a massive teamwork. They're going over there to Timor-Leste to build um, water, I think drinking water wells, um, that's pretty much I've heard so far, but it's not my project, so therefore there's a, there's a group of actual returns working on that project, so therefore they will know more about it. But it's an overall, it's a great project, but the thing I would like to say is this, it gives and strengthens all the clubs working together, and I think that's the power of Rotary. It is the power of Rotary, it's not just the power of one, it's the power of Rotary overall, and water and sanitation is one of the six key focus areas of Rotary. It's so important. We take water, don't we, Charles, for granted, mm. and sanitation for granted, but some of the third world countries aren't as fortunate, and that project in Timor-Leste uh, is a wonderful example of mm. Rotary at work, and that is once again hands-on work because there are Rotarians that actually go over and help build and facilities. That's, and that's the thing. I think. We're not just going there to volunteer because Rotary actually uses our skills, our expertise, our knowledge, that what can we do to contribute. So that makes Rotary a very interesting organization. So it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or a lawyer or myself, I'm a teacher. I have a skill that I can actually contribute to and to the organization and such as education and which that's something I'll be looking forward to work in after when I step down as, as president in, my, in next year. That makes for a better world. Um, uh, it's, it's so important to be involved with hands-on mm, work. Yeah. I mean, your analogy that Rotary is not just a, a can-rattling exercise to get coins and raise money, but a hands-on operation is so vitally important. And I know younger people, and you're a very good example, of this want to become involved doing hands-on work yes doing things in the community following on quite often as you did from your community service work which gave you a sort of a, an introduction to doing it but now it's even more practical isn't it yes with rotary and like there's look also new local projects that i'm excited to even like a net like yes talk tell about. us tell us about some of those please. yeah well at the moment i'm hoping to get along underway next couple of months i'm trying to collaborate with rotary club of hawthorne and q and yarraben um is to have this literacy build up this literacy program this literacy, well from research we've known that a lot of families in the in Burundi 
are having difficulty of, of course, books already. Like affording books is very difficult. But let's just take one step back. Infants, babies, toddlers. Some of them don't even have, their parents sometimes don't even have enough money to purchase simple textbooks. And look, for the first four years of a toddler, of a child's life, they are immersed with so many bits of information. Literacy is the most important thing. Now, what I propose, or what I, me and a couple of Rotarians were thinking of, is we create a literacy program. We're not planning to go out there and teach, but what we can do is what we can support. Now, we have a lot of Rotarians in there, in our community, that are willing to donate books, and I will also encourage any Rotarians in, if you are listening, that if you do have any child, um, like children's books, please, in the next couple of months, please keep up to date on our website that we'll be collecting children's books. These books we then share, will be actually grouped from infant years, from zero to one, one to two, two to three, and three to four. So the next four years of a child's life, every year, Rotary will be donating a book to the child, to the family. At least it's something as a, a bit of a gift uh, for the child. Could be a birthday gift, could be a Christmas gift. So that's something Rotary wants to, do, wants to provide. Another project that we're gonna try to do is bring, have MUNA. Now, MUNA is the Model United Nations program, assembly program. Now, we're hopefully trying to bring it back locally. Now, of course, in the last couple of years, it's been in, the, in, the, in Axtell, in, in country Victoria. However, we are the Rotary Club Glenfrey, and it's also a great opportunity to collaborate, giving many of the other clubs the opportunity to work together to support this program. Also, it gives the opportunity for our local kids, our students in our local area, in Burundara. So we've got many of the schools, not just the state schools, but also the private schools they can actually join the MUNA program. It's also a great opportunity to work and collaborate with Swinburne University because we want to, youth is the future of Rotary. We want to get, of course we want to have new, um, diverse, energetic members. Youth is the future. Our, the, the students in high school, but of course, We've got the youth at university, and that's why we're working together with Swinburne University. And Model United Nations Assembly, or MUNA. Or oh, MUNA, yep. We use acronyms so readily in Rotary. That gives students an opportunity with a given topic to debate it, yes. as you would in the United Nations, and take a point of view. It might be uh, quite, uh, uh, how shall I say, confrontational, the point of view that they have to take up. Mm. But what it's doing is to train them to express a point of view as you've said, Rotary can help in terms of debating skills, and it's a wonderful opportunity for young people to do that. And I know the intention, I'm aware of the intention for it to be done here in Hawthorne next year when things are locked down, so that it will give an opportunity not only for the students to come in and present their cases, but for their parents and friends of the family to come and watch them express themselves. And that clarity of expression is so very important for young people today. In terms of their professional lives, if you can speak well and you can speak clearly, it's very, very helpful for the, your, your advancement in life. Mm. And so lastly, of course, recently we had our local um, plant, planting trees in Glenburn Park. It's also another collaborating. So this year, as president, my focus is collaboration. And that's what I want to do, not just 
the Rotary Clubs in the, in the cluster, but also other community groups, other local family groups. The more we can work together, we can actually achieve a lot more projects to improve the lives of others. So Rotarians are not just going out doing everything ourselves. We also work along with other key community stakeholders as well. Charles, you're very passionate about the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry. So where does Glen Ferry meet and when do they meet? Oh, well, we, we meet at the Kuyong Lawn Tennis Club every Tuesday, starting at 6.30 for our seven o'clock uh, meeting. Um, we do encourage anyone from the public to actually attend and join. Come down and see what we do. There's a lot of, show, a lot of things that we showcase and a lot of um, ideas. We welcome new members to join. Remember, like new members means new ideas. New guest ide- speakers. And guest speakers. Charles, how do potential members go about finding out more about the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry? Uh, our website is glenferryrotary.org.au. Charles, it would be correct to say that Rotary not only gives to the community, but uh, it also improves the lives of people who become members and especially young people on their CVs. Well, I want to stress this, that Rotary is not just, we're going to be doing some volunteering. It is an opportunity for everyone to develop their skills as leaders. It provides us the training in organization, management, and also teamwork. It is the most important, I think I have to say, is that Rotary not just gives you all those skills, it also gives us the opportunity to become a leader. And the best thing is make a lot of friends. Absolutely agree with you. Charles, at the end of your Rotary year, what would you like members of the Rotary Club of Glen Ferry to say about your year and you personally? Uh, Two words, fun and inspiration. A fine thought indeed, Charles. Well, thank you so much for talking to us on the Rotary and Community Services Radio Show. No worries, Ian. It's been a great pleasure to hear good news, Charles, in a world that's not always full of good news. Best wishes for the rest of your Rotary year and for the work you do and the work that your club does, providing wonderful assistance in the community locally and internationally. And that work is very much in line with Rotary's annual theme this year of Be the Inspiration. And you already are, Charles. You exude inspiration. And it also supports our overarching Rotary motto, Service Above Self. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. More podcasts can be found on iTunes by typing into your browser Rotary Radio Doing Good in Victoria or alternatively by going to the Rotary District 9800 website at www.rotarydistrict9800.org.au and clicking on Rotary Radio.